1: free shipping on your first box and free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. You are locked on Reds, your daily Cincinnati Reds podcast, part of the locked on podcast
0: network, your team every day. The 2020 season did not quite go as planned for Reds fans as the playoffs ended abruptly in the wild card round. Now the Reds are left to pick up the pieces during the offseason and fix a lineup that was the worst in Major League Baseball. How are they going to do it? What are they going to do? Rumors, transactions, news, all here on the Locked On Reds podcast. I'm your host, Jeff Carr. Let's go. Merry Christmas and Happy Holidays, Reds fans. Welcome in to the Locked On Reds podcast. Thank you so much for joining me for this special episode. This is the second part of my conversation with Cam Miller, our friend from the Reds Hall of Fame and Museum. Last week, we talked about the top five guys with a bat during the dead ball era. Today, we're going to look at the top five pitchers of the dead ball era, looking at some names you might know and a couple of names you probably don't know. We're going to dive into that here in just a minute. But before we do, wanted to make sure you are subscribed. That way you don't miss anything. We, we've now reached Christmas. So hopefully we've got a Christmas gift coming on the way from the Reds' front office. Hopefully we're getting a shortstop. Hopefully we're making some moves here soon. I'm going to be all over this offseason. And especially if they make some moves that we don't like. We've got lots to talk about this offseason. You're not going to want to miss any of it. So make sure that you're subscribed to whatever podcasting platform you're currently listening to, the Locked On Reds podcast. Also, follow me on Twitter at Jeff Carr with three Fs and follow the show at Locked On Reds and save the Locked On Reds line number into your phone at 513-549-0159. Get your questions, your comments, your reactions to what's going on in and we'll have us a mailbag episode early on next week before New Year's. But now for this Christmas edition of the Locked on Reds podcast, let's go back to the dead ball era. Let's go back 100, 110, 120 years ago and look at what baseball was like in the city of Cincinnati from the point of view of the pitcher's mound. All right, so we have looked at the top five hitters of the dead ball era, and we, we noted the interesting stats at, all the way from Cy Seymour to Ed Roush and looking at Wahoo Sam and Eagle Eye and those guys and Sam Crawford as well, which actually I think Sam Crawford was Eagle Eye now that I'm thinking of it. Um, but, yeah, so uh, looking at those guys, now let's look at some even crazier numbers because there is a reason when you watch a baseball game, you hear a broadcast or something like that, and they mention how good a pitcher is doing, and they give you that caveat of, it's the best since the dead ball era. There's a reason for that. The the dead ball era pitching stats are on another level, on another plane of existence that when you look at the numbers side by side with what's going on this year, you're looking at, wow, pitchers used to be a lot better. Now there were Lots of differing situations, you know, a hundred and ten years ago. But there are some really interesting characters on this list for the Reds that our friend Cam Miller has provided for us here today. Cam, who is the number one pitcher for the Reds during this dead ball era,
2: the dead ball era pitching. Yikes! So hard. To put this list together, I quickly tried to, off top of my head, write down and jot some names down. I ended up scratching some out and shuffling them around eh, about 10-15 minutes or so because it was so difficult to try to find five players, pitchers, that would fit into the category of who are the best during the dead ball era because it's so hard. And this could be through baseball in general. It's not easy. It's very difficult during this era to try to see who the heck, what was baseball about then? The Reds were not exactly known as a a pitching factory during this era. (laughs) So trying to find five was tough, but I think number one has to be Noodles Han. Noodles Han, number one pitcher from 1900 to 1919, 1920-ish. Definitely Noodles Han, number one.
0: He's a guy that I did a, a Throwback Thursday podcast on as well. Number one because his name is Noodles. And, and you always of course. you always hear about you know pitchers <laughs> with a noodle arm and all that stuff. So it's like, okay, he's got a nickname of a guy that doesn't necessarily have a good thing going on with a noodle arm, but he was amazing. <laughs> right.
2: Oh, just staggering numbers. Just one of those guys, again, give him the ball. He's going to go out there. He's going to pitch a complete game. He's going to strike out seven or eight. I mean, his ERA is going to be under two this season. I mean, just a solid so, – and I've always compared him, and I know other historians have as well – um, the Mario Soto of the Deadball era. So if you're going to say, you know, Mario a great Reds pitcher, he's one of those guys, just absolutely an unbelievable pitcher.
0: He led the major leagues for his first three seasons straight in strikeouts. And it's funny because it was 145 in 1899, and then in 1901 he struck out 239 guys. So it's like he figured out how to take <laughs> right. another step, and
2: he right. really was just getting going. Right. Just uh, absolutely unbelievable. What, what a pitcher. I mean, of course, Reds Hall of Famer deservingly. So again, another one of those guys that you need to have a little bit more information about. We need to know more about noodles on, you know, just besides the, you know, the bio the you know, the generic bio that they write, which by the way, for the Red Hall of Fame, I wrote those bios for the video <laughs> board. So when I say generic, I am saying it's my fault. <laughs> because <laughs> you can only fit so much into those five, six minutes that you get. So it's like and I and I struggle with that, you know, because you wanna give the whole story. But at the same time, you have so many great players because we have such a tradition. So I encourage you know, listeners to go back at these lists and look at these players and read some of the saber bios and not just the baseball reference, although that gives you a general idea. Go back and look at some of these things and find a book where it's got some chapters about these people because they are truly, truly great players that deserve our attention.
0: Noodle Arm actually kind of makes sense, too. When you look at his career, it was much shorter than it probably could have been. And part of that was because he pitched something like 1,000 innings in his first three years. It was insane. I mean, looking at 1901, he threw 375 and a third innings. I think a coach would be fired for negligence if they tried to do that nowadays.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. He uh, can you imagine a pitching coach going out in the sixth inning and saying, "You know what? This has just been an absolutely great game for you. Six innings, like six innings. I'm yeah. just getting warmed up." <laughs> yeah,
0: <laughs> I, I think if you ever brought up the idea, speaking of so OPS plus, we we joked about with the hitters um, as being a funny stat. I think if you ever brought up to a pitcher of this era, so what do you think? I mean, you had a lot of quality starts, so they'd be like, "Huh? Wait." wait are you talking about the games <laughs> right. that I finished? Like, complete games? It's right.
1: like, no, no, you, yeah. know, you
0: know, six innings, three runs or less, you know. Like, they'd be like, uh, uh-huh. <laughs>
2: right. Absolutely. Absolutely correct.
0: <laughs> All right. So, Noodles is our number one guy, which makes total sense. I mean, the dude from Nashville, Tennessee, who th- these numbers, I mean, looking at it real quick before we move on, we mentioned the complete games. I mean, his rookie season, 38 or he had 34 starts, 32 of them, he went the distance. Year two, 37 starts, 29, he went the distance. Year three, and, and obviously this is well before the Cy Young Award, but he would have won the Cy Young Award going away. They might not have even had a vote. They would have just given it to him at the end of the season. He had 42 starts in 1901, and 41 of them were complete games. That was just,
2: Unbelievable. I, I don't know what to do with just that. Just amazing.
0: That's crazy. Yeah, it's
2: just absolutely amazing, and it makes you wonder how. After the season, did did he just for three months put his arm in an ice bucket? <laughs> I mean, I just can't fathom that happening anymore. It's never going to come back. That'll never happen again. And it, and of course, maybe it shouldn't. Maybe there's a reason for that. But your the numbers don't lie. I mean, the numbers are there. He was just some pitchers just have that uncanny ability to just go out there day in after. And this is a time when you're not there's no rest. <laughs> there's there's yeah. no such thing as pitching on a couple days rest. There was times when pitchers would pitch a double header and you were the starter and you were pitching 18 innings. And if winning extras, you were the guy. That's just the way it was. It's a different era of baseball. The dead ball era. Is so fascinating.
0: And that is a great way to start this list. Who is the number two Reds pitcher for the dead ball era?
2: Now, this is one of those things where it's like you have noodles, Hahn and then there's a bunch of other guys. So it's yeah. <laughs> tough, but I had Fred, Tony, Fred, Tony, 218 ERA, and his three seasons with the Reds. Um, one of those under-the-radar guys, solid, goes out, gets the job done. Um, not, wasn't one of those you know overpowering like Noodles was. I mean, there's never going to be another Noodles, and let's just face it. But Fred Tony doing his thing. I mean, he was absolutely a, a consistent pitcher. And I would say of all the guys in my, on my top five, um, under noodles, if you had to put somebody number two, you have to go with him second just because of his consistency and just how well he was. Again, not one of those guys that you're going to – the name's not going to jump out at you. But we're talking dead ball era. I mean, so consistency, getting the job done, Fred Tony.
0: He's a guy looking at his picture. It's funny because I mean he played on the Reds from 1915, and he was traded in the middle of the 1918 season. Which let's just for a for a moment give him a moment of silence for getting traded right before they win a World Series. Um, <laughs> but he um, he played on the same teams as Heine Groh and Ed Rausch, and we we remarked on their their. Toughness and their very bulldog-like demeanor. He is very smiley in his picture. I wonder if they called him smiley in the clubhouse. i I, I that's could kind
2: Good it. question. Good <laughs> question. I wonder if they did. Yeah, because that's a no-no. Nobody smiles yeah. in those pictures back then. And what was that about? Did he? Was there a bet? There had to be a bet. Like, if you smile, I'll buy you a beer down at the cafe. That had to be it. He's from Nashville as
0: well. It was something about Reds pitchers from Nashville. I, I, ah, I interesting. I did not know that.
2: See, there you go. Got Two it. Nashville guys up top. Yeah.
0: We got Noodles, we got Fred, and nowadays we got Sonny. So there's that too. Um, <laughs> there you go. So Fred Tony, he he had, I mean, talking about the number of innings being a phenomenal number, he didn't lead the league or anything like that. But in 1917, he threw 339 and two-thirds innings. And I know that's, that's pretty darn good.
2: Right. And, then, and I've always thought of him as, you know, one of those guys that um, middle of the pack, one of those guys in today would be your three guy, you know, three or four guy, probably three in your rotation. That's the, That's probably where he fit in today's baseball world, but yeah, solid doing the job, getting it done. I mean, he's not going to overpower. He's not going to be, you know, Cy young out there, but he's going to get the job done day in and day out. So you need those kind of pitchers to kind of bounce out. Not everybody's going to be a noodles Han. So definitely, definitely Fred Tony. Number two. <laughs>
0: This is super um, inter- super weird, Some, something I guess I'm just going to have to ask somebody at uh, Baseball Reference about, but uh, according to them, in 1918, he had three saves in two save opportunities. So his save percentage was That's actually 150%.
2: <laughs> wow, that is, a, that is an accomplishment. A Reds yeah. Hall of Fame just because of that yes absolutely all right i think i'm gonna have to order me a jersey now for of him just because that's that step <laughs> alone you kidding me yeah.
0: don't save games very much but when i do it's not even in a save opportunity uh he is fred Tony. he is number two on the pitching list for the red so we've got noodles we got fred who's number three Coming back, Cam will fill out the list of the top five Reds pitchers of the dead ball era. We've got a couple of great names coming up, including a World Series winner. But before we get to that, I wanted to point out today, there's not really a whole lot on the slate as far as sports go. We've only got one bowl game, and that is Houston and Hawaii in the New Mexico Bowl playing in Texas. Yeah, yeah, there's a lot going on there. I know, it's COVID. I it's COVID that's the reason for it but Houston is favored by 10 points if you check out betonline.ag that's the best place to put your sports wagers in I highly recommend taking the Cougars Hawaii doesn't have a defense to speak of this is probably going to be at least a high scoring game I would think and I have at least a little bit of a track record. Had a 3-2 record on locks of the night yesterday's Cincy 360. If you check that out, I made you a few bucks. Head on over to betonline.ag and make yourself a couple of dollars this holiday season on some sports wagering. BetOnline.ag is the best place to put in your sports wagers, and they've got a very nice, easy-to-use website. It's going to help you find the odds, the games that you want to check out, the games that you want to put a couple of bucks on. That's BetOnline.ag. And when you set up your account, Enter the promo code Locked On. You'll get a fifty percent deposit bonus. So if you put in fifty bucks, they'll put in twenty five bucks on top of that as well. With the promo code Locked On, head on over to betonline.ag, the official sports gambling sponsor of the Locked On Podcast Network, and enter the code Locked On for a fifty percent deposit
1: bonus.
2: Number three, George Suggs, S-U-G-G-S, Suggs, another guy who you just would put at three or four in the rotation, um, 1910, 1913, I believe, an innings eater. Just the definition of an innings eater would be Mr. Suggs. Uh, I think he had 300, uh, 1912, I believe it was, 300-inch pitch. Just another number four guy, number three guy who's going to, Put put in the game. He's going to pitch a complete game. He's going to give you innings. He might not, you know, strike out ten fifteen people. He's not going to be, you know, Trevor Bauer out there or Luis Castilla, but he's going to be a solid guy. Sonny Gray, you know, you know, just kind of getting you with the the job that needs to be done. He's going to go do it. I think he would have always, and I've thought this before about him. Not a name, again, not a big name, but would have been an outstanding middle reliever. Are you kidding <laughs> me? This guy would have been. Would have been an unbelievable guy to put in seventh, eighth, ninth inning. Even you know, maybe a closer at some point in his career. Just gets the job done. I mean, solid, solid, solid player. Number three, Mister Suggs.
0: I know that back during the dead ball era, it's it wasn't a uh, really big trend to get that called third striker to get the umpire to be like strike three because I mean, obviously for. Uh, Mr. Sugg's career with the Reds, he had a 3.1 strikeouts per night. So we're not talking about a lot of strikeouts here, but he limited the base on balls. People did not walk very often when he was on the mound.
2: Exactly. Very, very consistent. Always around the strike zone. And, I, I mean, we don't know. We don't have the pitching statistics, obviously, um, what his the ratio curveball slider? What, what he was throwing spitball? <laughs> I mean, we don't know. But I, I just have a feeling that he was one of those guys that had the old number one, and he knew how to hit the corners, and he knew how to to pitch to hitters. He, I've always heard, and this goes back into learning about players a little bit, besides what you see in the box score and the numbers. But he was a very very intelligent. Pitcher. I mean, one of those guys that was very smart. knew before we had note cards in our pockets with every single piece of information, and going back and looking at you know the laptops and the, you know the the iPads, he knew memory, very good memory. He knew, okay, this guy coming up, he likes to hit the ball to right field. I'm gonna just keep it inside. I'm gonna keep it inside. I'm gonna jam him, make him pull the ball. One of those type of pitchers. Again, we don't know how factual that is. I mean, some players we do know from books and whatnot that have been written, but you can look at numbers sometimes and kind of see, ah, that's why. Okay. I see how he was. It could just got the job done through the number one nibbled at the corners. Wasn't somebody that was just going to go out there and throw out 99, a hundred miles an hour and lead the league in strikeouts. But again, a solid, solid pitcher.
0: I would love a, uh, a kind of a uh, dream conversation scenario where these top five pitchers noodles on Fred, Tony, George Suggs and our remaining two guys sit down in a conference room with Derek Johnson, Kyle Bode, and Eric Jagers, and they discuss uh, spin rate and um, all that good <laughs> stuff with the Rap Soto cameras, right. and just to see the reaction oh. of these guys, like, what?
2: Yeah. Oh, can you? I, I would love to just make a. Uh... I would make gif files and just post them online of just reactions of pitchers' faces from the old days when they sit down and watch modern baseball. I just <laughs> want to watch that sit them down, watch baseball at a bar and I just want to film their facial expressions like, "Well, what did he say about uh, a spin rate?" Spin rate? Was this some kind of dance move or something that I should know about? That's uh, a different, different time.
0: My constant remarking on these pictures on baseball reference George Suggs looks like a guy that'd be like, spend right, Well, whatever, man. Just give me a handful of tobacco <laughs> and let me get out of here and throw yep. some ball.
2: Yep. <laughs> give me some red man. Give me a couple beers. I'm going hit to the, hit the town afterwards. We're going to have a good time, and then that's the way it's going to be. And you're going to like it or you're not my friend.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so we got noodles. We got Fred. We got George. Who's number four?
2: Number four on the list is Art Fromey. Art Fromey, 1909, 1913, 23 complete games in 1912. And I've said it before, I'll say it again. One of those guys that just pitched and pitched and pitched and got the job done. Not a superstar, not noodles. He's not going to be known for his unbelievable strength and power, and his numbers aren't going to be fantastic. But in this era of the game, dead ball era, one of those guys that just got the job done. I mean, he's not... As far as I know, I've never read anything about him like I did Suggs about his you know, ability to, to manipulate hitters and his masterfulness of the strike zone. <laughs> I've always thought of him as one of those guys, give me the ball, farm boy type of guy. Just give me the ball, you know, kind of like the end, end of the natural, the guy for the Pittsburgh team that comes in, just give me the ball, I'm going to throw it, and then that's just the way it's going to be. If you hit it, I hope my guys catch it. <laughs> that's just <laughs> how, I, how I play the game, and I've got a feeling that's how, that how Art Fromey was. His look—he's got a look of a guy who doesn't
0: take a whole lot of crap from the hitter, and actually, <laughs> the stats bear that out. In 1911, he led the league in hit batsmen. He had 16 hit batsmen in 1911, and he just looks like a guy. Like, hey, you're crowding the right. plate, man. I'm gonna back you off, and if you don't yeah, back off, I'm gonna right. hit you.
2: <laughs> totally, and it was—and again, not a finesse guy. I, I just don't think that he was one of those guys. You know that was going to go up there and, and and do anything but throw the ball. If you hit it, you hit it. If you don't, you know we'll, we'll, that's the way it is. There was no nothing about him screams. I am I am going to study the game. He is not going to have a popular YouTube uh, channel like Trevor Bauer <laughs> and give you the you know, nuances and details of the art of pitching, which I think is fantastic for today's game. That's great, but not not in this era, man. Like you said before, the Red Man. The beer, let's get it down to business. That's just – that's that screams Art Fromey to me. (laughs) I
0: love it. So he is number four, Mr. Fromey, Art Fromey, number five
2: on our list. Number five. Okay, now this one I had, again, goes back to like with the hitters where I had you cannot have a list without this guy. With Ed Roush I said that. With the pitching side of things, I go with Hod Eller. Hod Eller, 1919, you know him and love him from his World series um pitching for the World Championship team which by the way they would have won regardless of the betting scandal in my opinion Hot yes. Eller another no nonsense guy but this guy had the numbers 1918 he was I think it was 16 wins uh 80 something Ks 236 ERA just this is before the 1919 so we kind of count that in the dead ball era where he was just a dominant dominant force and I always loved the why I put him on the list, not besides he was a great pitcher, besides that he was, you know, 1919 World Series champion, he had a great relationship with Ed Roush. And I always thought that it would be phenomenal to have a movie or a book about the <laughs> relationship between Hod Eller and Ed Roush, just those two guys hanging around each other. You could do a Netflix series on these guys. Are you kidding me? It'd be great. I'd watch it. Roush just, and Eller. Uh, one, of those, one of those great <laughs> – yes, yes, exactly. <laughs> They're so – The stories that I heard when I listened to the Ed Roush tapes of his interviews, it was always about – mostly about the 1919 World Series and how Hod Eller wasn't – they tried to get Hod Eller to throw games. And Pat Moran sat down and says, is this true, Hod? Are they trying to get to you? And Hod says, I would punch them in the nose if they even came close (laughs) to me with any of this nonsense. That was Hod Eller. So again, had the stats. One of those guys backed it up with the stats, had great numbers. But tough as nails, great friendship with Ed Roush, great, great, great pitcher for the Reds. And he he had to be on the list, again, tail end of the dead ball era as we know it. Um, But, again, had to be there. Just an absolutely outstanding pitcher. Fascinating, fascinating stories. And it's one of the things that makes our game the greatest.
0: Cam, sir, you have given me lots of time, and we've had a lot of fun talking here about the dead ball era, the hitters and the pitchers. I thank you so much, man. What, What do you got coming down the pike?
2: Well, I'm doing a lot, a lot of baseball stuff. Got a lot of things I'm working on for 2021. When they will come out, I do not know, as most of us don't know. What will 2021 look like? I've Also got a newsletter I'm doing about the history of Cincinnati, working on that, trying to get that out before Christmas. Always something going on at Camilla Films, and you can always find me at Camilla Films on Twitter. That's where I like to get into the weeds a little bit with some of this historical stuff, and especially with the baseball stuff. So... Find me on there and direct message to me. We'll chat about anything. I No holds barred. You want to talk about Hot Hour? You want to talk about some of these guys like Cy Seymour? Ask questions. Maybe you need to know a little bit more of information. I can help you out.
0: Check him out on Twitter. He, I, I also love the pictures that you post from old-time Cincinnati, especially that, that one that was great of, like, one of the first log cabins there in Cincinnati, and it just so happens to be where the right field porch is in Great American Ballpark now.
2: Right. That Isn't was that fantastic? was great. So much history in our city, so I'm I'm really looking forward to this newsletter I got coming out. That's going to kind of dig deep, and there'll be some baseball references in there, absolutely, because we are a baseball town, like I said before. So you're going to get a lot of that stuff with with what I'm putting out. I cannot wait to get more in in depth with some of that stuff. Especially, I'll be doing a section on what was that great American Ballpark and Riverfront Stadium before they were baseball fields, and some of the history that happened around that area before. You know, they became famous landmarks that they became. So always fun, love digging into that, kind of finding out things, because I do it because I want to learn about things. So passing on the knowledge, generation to generation.
0: Well, Cam, sir, I appreciate having you, and hopefully here later on this off season we will have another dead ball era look into the Cincinnati
2: Reds. Absolutely. Cannot wait. Looking forward to it, Jeff. Appreciate it. That's going to do
0: it for this Christmas edition of the Locked On Reds podcast. Thank you so much for downloading and listening to today's episode hope that you and your family get the chance to celebrate christmas however it is you're doing whether it be virtually in person hopefully you guys get a chance to enjoy the holidays and hope you have a happy one as well coming up next week we got a mailbag so get those questions get those reactions in 513-549-0159 also on twitter at jeff Carr with three f's and at Locked On Reds as well for a Jeff's Junk Mail episode. That's going to be first on the docket next week. You're not going to want to miss that. And the best way to not miss it is to subscribe on the current podcasting platform that you're listening to right now. Also, another Locked On podcast to go check out. Check on Locked On Today, the three biggest news stories all around sports. You're not going to want to miss it. The Locked On Podcast Network is always expanding. We've got every professional team covered. We are trying to get every college team covered. It's a great podcast network bringing you your team every day. But that'll do it for us today on the Locked On Reds Podcast. Merry Christmas, happy holidays, and I look forward to talking to you again soon.
1: Let's go, Rex. Hey.